Welcome to the Gospel According to podcast, the first and only podcast looking at the intersection of pop culture and the Christian faith. I'm your host, Dave Hallahan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. You may know him as a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world. It's Dan Ulrich. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Brought the is that that looks like an Aladdin. It is. It is Aladdin. Look at that. They did a good job. It's impressive. Recreating, yeah. Recreating it, Aladdin. So if you're just listening to us, make sure you go on Spotify video or YouTube and you can <laughs> see what is going on. What is happening? Yes. So in preparing for the introduction, I looked up the lyrics to uh, Barbie World by Aqua. And yeah. my head, you're going to my, sing all of it. Yeah. Yes. And now if you, if you'll please, uh, if you'll indulge me, (laughs) uh, my head might have just been in the sand for the last, I don't know, 20 plus years, but I'm like, Oh, like these lyrics are very sexualized and inappropriate. I don't know. I know like the, you can undress me anywhere line was in there. I knew that was in there. Um, but I was like, Oh, that's like cheeky. But then I like read the rest of the lyrics. I'm like, Oh, this song is different than I remembered it being, but Anyway, uh, I w- for that reason, I won't be singing that song. Uh, we're not alone here for this edition of The Gospel According To. You've heard her voice already, but we have a special guest with her with us. And you may know her as Texas's newest ballerina. It's Kate Boyd. <laughs> ballerina is a very strong word for what I do in, in my beginner ballet class. <laughs> Yes, if you follow Kate on Instagram, then you may have seen that she's taken up uh, ballet lessons, classes. Mm -hmm. Uh, How's that going so far, Kate? It's good. I'm like getting stronger and more flexible. Like I'm getting better. I'm just I'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and I was a gymnast in my youth. And so I like get really frustrated that my body doesn't work the way it used to sometimes. But so I just have to like let go and relax and just like Mm. enjoy and, you know, pay attention. So I'm working on that. It's a good exercise for me in, you know, letting go of perfection while also getting to move my body. So it's been challenging in a lot of ways, but I like it. Yeah. It sounds like it's as much a a, a mental and emotional, spiritual exercise, even as a, as a physical one. So, yeah. 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 We, I, Dan and I, I think we know a bit about ballet, ballet. no, well, maybe specifically we ballet. Do, yeah. do any of your girls take ballet, Dan? Have they done dance at all? When they were like little, little at the okay. like community rec center, they did yeah. um, ballerina, gymnast, tumbling things. Yeah. My two younger daughters, they have each taken classes, but the first one when she took class, like she knew, I think that there was like a recital, but the experience of the recital at the end, she was like. I like, I don't like this. I'm not doing it again. And now the younger one, like took, took that on herself. And she's like, I'll take classes, but I don't want to do the recital. And we're like, Mm. all right, well, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, um, you probably, if you do know Kate, you probably, it's not because of her ballet classes. She is the author of a book, Untidy Faith, Journeying Back to the Joy of Following Jesus and the host of the Happy and Holy podcast. Kate, I've I realized that you are now the third author we've had on from Harold Press. And so we have a, a budding relationship with Harold Press. Uh, where we are giving away a copy of your book, Untidy Faith, for the one who will win it and those who are interested. Tell us a little bit about uh, 
that book? What are what are they getting with Untidy Faith? Yeah. So it all kind of starts with, um, you know, my life 10 years ago, I was working at a missions agency um, and we did, you know, organic overseas, uh, church planting overseas. So like small house churches and part of my job, I was in marketing. My job was to go over there and with like a documentary crew and get stories of what was happening and just sort of like observe or be there, um, to capture not just footage or stories, but to also like experience it so that I could tell the story of what's happening when I get home. And really just, it's interesting, um, that those experiences actually just sort of jarred me out of, I, th- I think you hear this a lot with missionaries, right? They talk about reentry or like how weird it is to mm-hmm. go and then come right. back or even just to be somewhere else. And so for me, even though it was happening in like little pockets, like a couple of weeks at a time, it was really like making me wrestle with what I thought was essential Christianity actually turned out to be very cultural. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and very American and, and to an extent, right. That's okay because that's contextual to us. I think the problem is that we tend to export that everywhere. And so I really decided to, it was at that point that I went through what, you know, people would probably term a deconstruction now. Um, I use a different word because I, I use the word disentangling, which I explain more in the book because I wanted to really just separate out what was Christian and what was cultural and, and maybe even what other options are out there. And so it's sort of about getting permission to ask questions and then walking people through some of the changes that I made so that they can kind of witness the process in action, but also maybe that gives them some something to hold on to as they – because I think a lot of us have sort of like good theology in our gut, but not in our head. Mm. And, um, and sometimes we have to let our guts lead, but I also – I'm a very head-centered person, so I walk through like the head things that made it um, possible for me to feel, you know, good aligning with my gut in some ways. And so, yeah, it's whether that's you know high-level theology about like what the kingdom of God is and what the gospel means to how we do life together and what the ways that we participate together as church um, mean and what that can look like. I was just having a conversation with my wife. Uh, last night about how in the Western church, I think we are like, we're, you know, children of the enlightenment. And so we're Mm -hmm. very heady people, uh, or at least we think we are. Um, And I think we've, we've lost kind of an important part of what it means to be a follower of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit that kind of elevated what we know over the spirits leading. Um, And I think that that hamstrings us a little bit. And certainly you can go too far in either direction um, yeah. of, you know, ignoring the the past, ignoring God's word or the study of it uh, that we have, you know, now a thousand years of or whatever. Um, but you can also, you can favor that over the move of the spirit as well. So, um, all right, well, we'll be giving away one of those, a uh, copy of An Untidy Faith, so you can check it out for yourself and go buy a copy first. And then if you win a copy, give it to a friend, you know, there you Um, go. I like it. Yeah. Do that. (laughs) Where all good books are sold. Yes. Yeah. That was a a tip we learned earlier from 
Alan Noble, that when you promote your book, you say you can find it wherever good books are sold. And then you throw shade at anywhere that isn't selling books. <laughs> uh, but make sure that you're following us at TGAT Podcast on Instagram. That's where we'll be doing the giveaway. But despite that being an awesome, wonderful book that you should buy multiple copies of, that's actually not what we're here to talk about. If you remember back of about seven minutes ago to when I said Dan was a bimbo girl in a fantasy world, we are here to discuss the gospel according to Barbie. Be sure to stick around after. After this episode, uh, the double feature of the gospel according to Oppenheimer will begin right after this episode. Yeah, double feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which Barbie is this, Dan, that's joining us now? I don't know. This was one of the <laughs> only ones that had clothes on uh, in our in our Barbie uh, bin. So I was like, yes, right. I'll bring uh, that one. She looks she like a mermaid. A, she does yeah. look mermaid-esque. Put these like f- fuzzy pants on that. Oh, fuzzy oh, okay. pants. All right. Interesting. Uh, but no, there, we won't actually be doing a double feature. We are talking about the gospel according to Barbie. And Barbie's been a cultural icon for quite some time. Do either of you know when the first Barbie was introduced to the world? 56. All right. That's a good guess. You're close. Yeah, Dan, it's in there. 47. In there? Um, 59. 1959. Oh, yep. March we'll just of edit 19- it that I said that. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I, I, you did great, Dan. Good guess. <laughs> yes. March of 1959, which means that Barbie is 64 years old. She's almost at retirement age. And I mean, you know, it's not all about looks, but she looks good for her age. I'm not going to lie. She looks great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the world of Barbie has been thrust back into the mainstream with the release of the Barbie movie in just a few days of this release. Uh, so what is your history with Barbie? Um, we've all, all of us are younger than 64 years old. So Barbie has been around for our entire lifetime. What were the perceptions of Barbie in your household? Did you play with Barbie dolls? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think they were sort of the go-to toy. I remember going to a lot of like birthday parties for my friends as kids and you would buy them some kind of Barbie. Like that was Mm -hmm. sort of like the go-to gift or the go-to thing. Although we, I don't know if we did this because we didn't have a lot of money or just because it was kind of a novelty thing, but there were also dolls that were like Barbie knockoffs that were Mm -hmm. called Katie and Kelsey dolls. Mm. And, and it was like Barbie and Skipper and, I in my family I go by Katie and my younger sister's name is Kelsey and so we used to buy people mm. Katie and Kelsey dolls. Of course, um, of course. Yeah, and and so I don't know if that's because they were cheaper and that was like my mom doing that because we didn't have a lot of money growing up or if it was that you know it was the novelty it was probably both but <laughs> um so we had probably more Katie and Kelsey dolls than we did like Barbies and um and eventually like Barbie had a lot of friends. Like I think I got a Teresa doll who was like more of a Hispanic doll because she had brown hair and that was more like me, whereas my sister was more blonde. Um, So yeah, I think my experience was kind of most girls experience, at least the experience of most girls my age where we had the dolls and we played with them. Um, I had a Barbie tent and like all my Barbies like stayed in the Barbie tent and that was fun. Um, so yeah, we played a lot with Barbie, but um, it wasn't really, I don't know, it wasn't one of my favorite toys. We just like had a lot of them. <laughs> and my stepmom at one point, I had a black woman who was my stepmom and she would buy like the expensive Barbies 
the um like collectors Barbies mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. she would put them like in her curio cabinet like in their you know f- like boxes um all of the black ones she would buy the black ones and so and there was also sort of this which was sort of like the opposite of my experience as a kid was like we didn't even have like name brand Barbies and then there were like these like expensive right like pristine Barbies condition that, like yeah. you don't touch right that and so yeah it was kind of all over the place Dan, you grow. I'm I'm guessing you did not play with Barbies too much. If you did, not that the, More to power quote Jerry to Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but you did have a sister. Were Barbies in your house? Yeah, we had Barbies. I wasn't invited to as many birthday parties as uh, Kate uh, flexed <laughs> there. Um, yeah, just throwing that in there. How many birthday parties you're invited to? Uh, last episode we talked about how I need friends. So um yep. yeah if you want to invite me to your birthday party pickleball party let me know um <laughs> my sister had some barbies that uh sometimes i would play with her her one ken uh was handicapped because our dog chewed its leg off so mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. handicapped ken and then later we had um new kids on the block dolls oh nice. that had like the little nice. rat tail actual like ponytails and stuff. <laughs> so nice. uh yeah she she played with them I played with my Ninja Turtles. Um, sometimes there was crossover events uh, where the Ninja Turtles had to save the Barbie uh, or things like that. Our, our girls, uh, I have four daughters. We have lots of Barbies. Uh, you know, I like them because of the replayability. We've talked about the practicality of uh, me wanting t- my kids to have gifts that are played with more than once. And so lego and barbie uh, because those things will get played with uh more than once inspire imagination so we have lots of barbies and like i said most of them are naked currently in in, <laughs> yeah. a, in a bin do you have you and or your daughters like use the lego have you had mashups where you like build something for barbie with lego no they're in separate rooms all right. Well, I think we need Barbies a, a, in the playroom, the coming Legos together in the in the sunroom. Keep them separated. Well, I think you need to bring them together and have a mashup. So we've uh, I've saved it for fifteen minutes, and I don't think the people will be happy about it because they've been banging on our doors. They've actually they traced down my address and Dan's address. Yeah, They're camped scary. camped outside of our house, and they want to know what is the gospel according to Barbie, and so. We brought you on, Kate, as the expert. So hopefully you don't let the people down because our lives might be might Calm be at down. stake. She's gonna answer right now. Just sit <laughs> yeah, down. Sorry. Yeah. I hope it I hope I don't let them down. Yes. So what what would you say, Kate, is the gospel according to Barbie? I mean, I think Barbie has this kind of American dream gospel, mm. right? Where but it is I think it is interesting that it is uniquely feminine. So it feels very like, I don't know, maybe second wave feminine in the sense that like feminism in the sense that Barbie doesn't have to compromise her pinkness, right? Like all of her pink and all of her girliness, her femininity, but she can still be a doctor or a lawyer or have her own car and have her own house um, kind of thing. So that's sort of where I feel like the gospel according to Barbie is that there, you know, you can have anything, you can do anything, you can be anything that you want to be. I, I definitely see that the, the American dream aspect and then tied in with the, the feminism. Um, and there is like a, an empowerment to 
Barbie. That grew as, you know, we moved, you know, past the 60s and 70s, 80s and 90s, like that kind of followed her with her and took on the the tone of, you know, the the current times where um, we'll get to some of the images of Barbie that have the kinds of Barbie that have been out there in the past. But there is just like this, uh, this empowered woman who Ken is very secondary to Barbie. I think of their portrayal in Toy Story, where Barbie really calls the shots there. Yeah. Um, and that is kind of, that's the idea is that Ken, Ken is almost more, more the bimbo than, mm, uh, mm-hmm. than Barbie is, which is like a reversal of it. But Dan, what, when it comes to Barbie, what gospel themes do you see at play? Uh, I think that just a reflection of the creator of the playmaker. We see the imagination that comes in it, but it's a reflection off of what the person that's playing. I see my girls, you know, playing with the dolls and uh, you can kind of see and hear uh, what they've been fed uh, either family wise, pop culture wise, TV wise, that that's how they're then interacting and, and playing with. And so I think it's kind of this idea of uh, what, what we are feeding into ourselves is going to make its way out through our play through Barbie, you know, that if there is, you know, garbage in garbage out or or goodness in goodness out of how uh, we are going to see. And I think that's a, that can be a representative of, you know, as far as the gospel of like, you know, letting those unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Seeing my girls play with Barbie is kind of a microcosm of that. They're (laughs) going to, they're going to play interact with the Barbies and the ways that they've seen. And so it's kind of can be that humblingness of like, if this is the, the dad doll, Oh, let's see how the dad oh, no. doll interacts <laughs> yeah. with the kid dolls. Like, right, is right. it yelling at him? Is it, you know, uh, leading them in Bible study? Is it, you know, is it loving? Is it caring? Is it nurturing? Uh, and kind of that representative of what are we putting out in the world as Christians? What, what are we, uh, internalizing what are we taking in but then in retrospect what are we putting out that yeah. also sort of makes me think of maybe sort of an image of god image of creator thing right there's a sense in which yeah it because it reflects whatever you believe you know the creator to be is what you believe yeah it shapes how you operate in the world mm-hmm. yeah and there is there's like a there's a reciprocal relationship there kind of two ways because i do think like any creative play does become a bit of a Rorschach test uh, like how you, the Barbie is whatever you see it to be. And so, you know, you, you kind of make up the game. I know with our girls, like watching them play and like they, they have a game where they wake up late and have to rush to work and drop their kids off. And I'm like, I wonder where this came from. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is crazy that they just thought of this on their own. <laughs> uh, and so like that, you know, it is, they just, they perceive the world and then that comes out in the way that they play. Um, but also I do think like Barbie is not completely neutral herself yeah. as a toy. And it is just whatever we make. I think there are messages that are being sent with the types of Barbie 
that exist that are out there. You know, I think at least in my mind, the most famous one is like Malibu Barbie and you have like the Malibu mansion and she has the convertible and there's kind of, there's like this, uh, I guess going back to that American dream kind of idea, it's not just that like, you know, she's an independent woman who's strong. She's also rich and yeah. has a lot you gotta of money. You got to have an elevator in your house or else <laughs> right. you have not made it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think like those are messages that then influence us or those who are playing with the Barbie about uh, what what is in the important th things in our life. And I think like that to me, like modesty in all ways kind of are it's inextricable. Like I can't separate that from Barbie kind of modesty, the way that we generally think about it when it comes to like how much of our skin are we exposing to others? Um, but also like modesty in maybe a more biblical sense of like the, how, how we flaunt, how much money we have. How is dog Walker Barbie, you know, affording this house? You know, where's she getting the money from this? How many dogs do you have to walk? I mean, people really like their dogs. So <laughs> if you find the rich people that like their dogs, you might be able to yeah. get away with it. Like, what's the mortgage yeah. on this? You know, is she underwater yeah, on this house? True. Like, is she going to have to? Especially in Malibu? Are you yeah. kidding? That's like, yeah, that is like ridiculous. Beachfront property. Am I, I yeah. going to have to have, you know, Aladdin Barbie foreclose on her house? Um, <laughs> she's not making payments. All right, back yeah. to Barbie. Um, so I, modesty is is one thing that comes to mind. Then we mentioned the feminism already. And, mm -hmm. you know, Barbie, there are Ken dolls, but again, very secondary. Barbie is, is the main attraction here. And I think part of Barbie was meant to be empowerment and to empower women. As the only woman on this podcast, Kate, uh, <laughs> Ken... And I, I do speak for all of them. You speak so. for all women. That's <laughs> why you're here. That's why yeah. you're here. It was it was in your Twitter Twitter bio. Uh, yeah. Speaks for all women. So we were like, all right, we'll get her. Uh, but do you you personally? Uh, you don't have to speak for all women. Uh, can empowerment cross a line to where it becomes a burden? That you know we see in Barbie that. She's 64 years old and she's kept the same figure the whole time. Um, she's a dog walker with a Malibu mansion. Like the, there is a, an empowerment to it, but there's also a really high bar that is set that I would imagine could become a burden. I guess there, I'd sort of separate out like empowerment is sort of the ability to do like you're given the power and the ability to do all the things you want. I don't know that Barbie is, you know, I don't know that that has to trickle down to looking like Barbie or any of right. that. But I do think in the sense of, I think because we live in America and we have a very individualistic bent on things, um, there is sort of this pressure on women to do all of it. Right. So it's not, so yes, we can be in the boardroom, but we also have to come home and make dinner and we also have to come home and take care of the kids. Um, whereas in a lot of marriages, you know, that like that may be the case if the woman works and the husband doesn't always shoulder any of that. And so there's a sense of like we get what we want, but it also means that we have to keep up all of the other things that we were expected to do when we didn't have those opportunities. And so I think in that way, it's very burdensome because 
we don't have the communal care we need, right? I think we then talk about self-care and like how we need to like rest and take our bubble baths. But there is a sense in which what we actually need is like support and help. And we can sometimes give up a lot of ourselves in the pursuit of having it all. And I don't think that's healthy for us. And I don't think that's the way it ought to be. But I also don't, but it's hard because you also, I also don't think that one should be hampered by like the ambitions they have outside inside or outside the home. You know, I think there's a sense in which I like I'm a woman who's chosen not to have children. Part of that's because I'm not very maternal. Um, and I don't feel like that's my area, right? Like I feel like I'm called to do things other places and I know myself and know what I would do in order to try to maintain everything. And so um, it wouldn't be healthy for me or for children or or for pursuing what I feel like I'm called to do. And so, yeah, I think empowerment can become a burden, but I don't think that is the woman's fault in the sense of I think that's because there are there is a lack of support um, from the rest of society whether that's structures like government, right, and like having maternity leave guaranteed, stuff like that, and mm-hmm. like, you know, basic healthcare things. I mean, the cost of having a baby is expensive, not to mention raising them, you know, for 18, 20 plus years. <laughs> and so I think there is a burden to empowerment, but it should be all of ours to bear and not just the women's. Yeah. Yeah, the answer to empowerment potentially being a burden is not to not empower people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's but, what it becomes, right? right? It becomes, well, that's why we didn't want you to have that in the first place. It's not good for you. And it's like, right. well, but you're not helping. <laughs> like, right. It it could be. Yeah. It, yeah. And whether they're trying to or not, uh that's just the way, you know, with toys and Barbie is that, you know, Barbie's you're buying a doll where the makeup's perfect, you know, the hair's perfect. Yeah. There's kind of this cultivated image of who Barbie is. There isn't like a, you know, four loads of laundry Barbie. You know, there isn't <laughs> like a, you know, sick, can't get out of bed Barbie. There's, you know, this kind of cultivated and I think as a society, especially social media platform, that we want to cultivate this life that we're taking pictures of our highlights and then um, no doubt we see other people's highlights and we're looking at their Malibu vacation and then comparing it to our like low lights or comparing, you know, their curated Instagram picture to, Oh, I'm behind on laundry or, you know, I, you know, I just put my kid in front of a screen and I'm not playing with them where I'm watching this video of this, you know, great dad, you know, hitting the, you know, playing catch with their son and things like that. And it's like this comparison of that. We have this Barbie that is, you know, traditionally, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, skinny, you know, beautiful, perfect hair, um, perfect life. And then we're reflecting that on us and thinking maybe, oh, I don't measure up. Mm, Yeah. 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 The body part is like a whole different conversation for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that could be its own podcast. As you were talking, Kate, though, about like that empowerment becoming a burden. I know Dan and I have talked to we so I have three daughters, he has four daughters. And we've, we've mentioned before, like, if, 
if we take our girls out somewhere, like it's just me and my daughters, then people will be like, oh, like we love seeing a dad who's with their with their daughters and you're such a great dad. And like they have no idea if I'm a great dad or not. Um, they happen to be right in this case. No, uh, but like I, you know, their hair can be a mess and they're like wearing mis- mixed match clothes and different shoes or their shoes are on the wrong feet and nobody notices that. But if my wife were to take out the girls and they didn't have their hair done or their clothes didn't match, then there's a different expectation of like, oh, she's over her head or, oh, man, like she must be having a rough day. And so there is just like this cultural expectation for women that we've kind of like in so many ways, we've moved past the, um, you know, the the homekeeper vision of what a woman has to be from the 50s and 60s. And moved past that to, you know, yeah, women can be independent, they can work, they can do all these things, but we haven't completely left it behind. We've kind of just brought it with us and added it to the expectations. Yeah, sort of mashed them together instead yeah. of like, yeah. yeah. So what we need is a line of Ken dolls who help out at home, I think. Yeah, we're all the stay-at-home husband Ken dolls. That's what <laughs> yeah, we- It's time for the Bible Breakdown. Bow, 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 bow. For this version of the Bible breakdown, we're just going to create some biblical Barbies. All right. So I want a, give me a Bible themed Barbie complete with accessories. Like what does this Barbie show up to my house with? All right. I got one. All right. Yeah. So we got, we got, um, Eve Barbie. So your kids are going to lose the clothes already. So she doesn't have any clothes. Yep, we're gonna give works. her. Uh, we're gonna give her fig leaves. Leaves. We're gonna give her an apple. Um, and there you go. Easy. I mean, Adam sold I, separately. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the obvious Barbie that I want is a JL Barbie. Right? <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Complete with tent pegs and tent, and <laughs> maybe like you know a rug that Sisera sleeps on. Um. Yeah, you've got to have, especially if we're talking empowerment, you've got to have a JL. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. I yeah, Have you guys seen the, I have it, maybe I could show it, the sticker, where is it? It's on here. Uh, this side. There you go. The like biblical womanhood oh, yeah. sticker with <laughs> yeah. a, it's a skull with a tent peg through it and it says biblical womanhood on it. Uh, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, I like the JL Barbie, the, the Eve Barbie. Um, I was thinking of like a a Mary, a Virgin Mary Barbie doll that comes with like a a pregnant stomach, but it's removable. And then there's like a baby Jesus in there Mm. as well. Um, Yeah. And then instead of like the pink convertible, you can get the donkey that she rides on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And instead of a mansion, you get like a manger. Yeah. The inn. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yes. All right. Any other Bible Um, Barbies? give Give me Lydia, you know. With mm. some pur- purple fabric, um, some a Bible that she's you know helping lead a house church to make you know some guys uh, upset uh, theologically maybe. I like it. Her, she yeah, because the church in Philippi started in her house, and so she can yeah. have 
you can give her like a mansion at like a big house, you know, that yeah. a lot of people can fit in. So a big, big house with lots and lots of room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think there's, I mean, there's so many great women. I think Mary Magdalene would be good. And uh, maybe you can put her right. Like at a garden and meeting Jesus, at the tomb, something like that. Okay. Um, she has to have legs that run though. So they need to bend, right? Cause she's mm. got to be able to run. So yeah. it's got to be a design update for her. I think. Yeah. I like that. We could have them. Uh, Moses's mother, get a little basket weaving mm. set. Like That's one good. of those things that you, Ooh. uh, like has the, the, the doll, but then it also has the activity with it. So you can, you know, have yeah. some reads and learn to, uh, make your own basket. Uh, for, uh, yeah like a little people. weaving kit that comes yep. with it i like it we could do like a whole women of exodus series i think where just the women around moses where you have moses's mom but you have the midwives as well moses's sister who on, like yep. plays the um role of getting him back to his mom and also is like the worship leader uh of israel at when they leave and then pharaoh's daughter of course i like mm-hmm. it i like it yeah it's a good collection we've got going on. I it like is. It. It's true. Um, yeah, so Mattel, use, hit us up. Yeah, go to <laughs> yeah. If you go to mattel.com slash tgat and use uh, the code Barbie, you get twenty percent off the Bible based Barbie dolls. <laughs> and it's got to be like public domain, right? So it'd be cheap. You wouldn't have to buy any licensing, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. High profit margins, Mattel mm-hmm. sitting We're, on a gold mine. Yep. Mattel, not a sponsor. Yet, yet, but I feel like with, yet, yeah. with these ideas. All right. Uh, we're going to, we have another game, little less biblical here. Uh, this game is Real or Fake Barbie Edition. Okay. I'm going to give you the name and a short description of a Barbie. And you're going to have to tell me if this was a real Barbie or a fake Barbie. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's that simple. Uh, 50-50. So you should, should, should be able to do well. All right, the first Barbie is the Alfred Hitchcock Barbie, created to celebrate the anniversary of the famous horror movie The Birds. This Barbie comes with birds who attack her. Is this real or fake? They attack Barbie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I want to say fake, but it's almost so weird that it could be real, right? But I'll go with fake. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say fake too. It does, right. seems like a weird crossover. Yeah. It, it does seem like a weird crossover. It is a weird crossover, and it is a real oh, no. weird crossover. This is yeah, Mattel that, licensed? Yeah, it was Mattel licensed. This is a legit Barbie. And the, I, didn't, I didn't really understand. I didn't do a deep dive to see how the birds attack her, but like the picture had one of the birds like on her head. On her head? Like, oh, as no. As if it was like pecking at her. She's like, who... Mm-hmm. Poor who Barbie. was this? Who was this for? Like, which, which, what's the crossover population of people who have seen the birds, like it, and play, yeah. and play Barbie? I'm not. Well, I'm not and sure. play Barbie that would want a Barbie that <laughs> <Yes>. has <laughs> that want Barbie to have her eyes pecked out by a bunch of birds. Um, all right, so you're both no points on the board after round one. Uh, Round two, we have Dishwasher Barbie. Just like your favorite 50s and 60s TV moms, Dishwasher Barbie kept an immaculate home, all while being incredibly well-dressed. And this Barbie came with dishes and a dishwasher. Real or fake? 
I'm going to go fake. I'm also going to go fake. This one was real. This one oh. was very real. Oh, and no. You know what's the craziest part about this, Barbie, is in 1991. This could wasn't put, even like could you put one the of the first Barbies. In the dishwasher? You could. It was actually, I, I don't know that it was called dishwasher Barbie. I, the dishwasher itself that's was That's why called, I said that's it, <laughs> it was not called that. That's why. It, it was like, it was called it's wash. A trick question. <laughs> wash and watch. But and so like not which which is kind of even worse. Like she didn't do anything. She just put the dishes in the dishwasher and then watched. Yeah, but you probably had like a door or something with like like, see through it. Yeah, yeah. and it like would swish water or something. I don't know. I could see that. (laughs) They were Uh, into get gadgets. Were yes. Ken, can I go read my book? No, you wash and you watch. (laughs) That's what you do. Yes. All right. Uh, oh, for two. Uh, we have Malibu Stacy, a, compa- a companion doll to Malibu Barbie. Stacy is a talking Barbie doll who says phrases like, want to go shopping? Let's hit the beach. And some less common teen phrases like, thinking too much gives you wrinkles. <laughs> So it's that the specific Malibu Stacy doll exists. Yes. I feel like this is from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was a Malibu Stacy. Because there was a Stacy, I think, unless I'm imagining that. Um, I don't remember a talking Barbie, but that may be after my youth. So I don't know. This is Game hard. theory, I'm going fake. I'll go real to change it up. All right. But I'll probably be wrong. <laughs> so this specific Barbie is fake. Okay. Uh, and Dan was right. It is from The Simpsons. There is an episode called Lisa versus Malibu Stacy. But it was mm-hmm. that Malibu Stacy who did say thinking too much gives you wrinkles, wrinkles yeah. on The Simpsons was inspired by a real Barbie, a talking Barbie who said phrases like want to go shopping, let's hit the beach. And her controversial phrase was a little less on the nose than thinking too much gives you wrinkles. But she said, math is hard. Oh no. <laughs> and yeah. after <laughs> After there was a there was an outcry about this a little bit, and then after the Simpsons episode, they actually pulled that Barbie from the shelves, and it was no no longer sold. <laughs> All right, we've got a point for Dan. He spotted the Simpsons Barbie. Uh, last last one. This is worth two points if Kate gets it right, uh, because it's it's a youth group game. Uh, <laughs> last Barbie is Oreo Barbie, and. Oreo oh. Barbie was in partnership with Nabisco and they released a black skinned Barbie that oh, was no. called Oreo Barbie real or fake. Oh no. Here's well, I don't want to give like, you all any of these hints, are so, but... all of these are so cringe that it's like, yes. I don't, <laughs> I'll say real. I'll go fake just to hold up humanity. Just to have. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is real. This was a real Barbie. And, uh, as, you may know, listeners, uh, Oreo can be a derogatory term used uh, against black people. 
people. And so whoever came up with this idea overlooked that and uh, they released this and it did not last very long on the shelves before it was pulled. Um, the Oreo Barbie, now a very rare racist collector's item. Uh, I, my yeah, hint not, was not going... only did it fall through uh, Mattel's. Yeah. But then Nabisco's too. It was like right. we had two PR <laughs> yeah. firms that yeah. were like thinking that the other this person was going to take care yeah, of this. Yeah. That just goes to show you there were no black people in any of those rooms. There yes. were zero. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. just yeah. one could have stopped the madness. Yes, yes. Um, I my hint for that was going to be either this is real or I came up with it and then Ooh. shared it on a podcast. So oh, hopefully man. you had a little more faith in me than to do that uh while researching some bad barbie dolls there's also a george washington barbie that's real there's a mexico barbie which is uh, as racist as you could guess uh there's a happy birthday ken barbie which is um uh who's the marilyn monroe which marilyn like monroe sang happy birthday to uh president john f kennedy it's based off of that there's a hello barbie which has like the same technology as like uh, Siri or Amazon uh, oh. in it, and you can talk to it. But it's like it records you and it sends the information back to, uh, I guess, Mattel Black or Mirror. whoever. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. all used for a future episode of Black Mirror. And there are more. You can Google failed Barbies uh, oh, no. and check them out. Um, thank you for joining us for this episode of the gospel according to Barbie. Thank you, Kate, for uh, lending us your time and your expertise on all things Barbie. Uh, if people want to check out your work, where where can they be following you? Um, yeah, on Instagram, which is where I hang out mostly. I'm at kateboy.co. Um, and then if you go to my website, kateboy.co, you can find all the other fun things that are there. And then, of course, you can pick up my book wherever good books are sold. Now I learned that trick. Um, yeah, it's available at pretty much all the online retailers. So wherever you like to purchase them, it should be there. Sweet. And we'll link to your Instagram and your website uh, so that people can find you easily there. And We'll be giving away a copy of An Untidy Faith, so be sure to be following us on all social media platforms that exist or have ever existed. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, we're still Blue Sky Threads. We're, some of these you will find us on, some of these you may not, but we're, we're there. Uh, you can even listen to us in Malibu's, uh, Malibu Barbie's Pink Convertible. Uh, all she plays is episodes of the gospel according to podcast <laughs> podcast uh, Barbie. <laughs> so we are on all of those at TGAT podcast. Thank you for sharing the gospel according to with your family, your friends, and uh, even your plastic dolls clothed or unclothed. We appreciate you spreading the word. Thanks. You can also send us a mailbag question on those social media platforms or email us at tgatpod at gmail.com. We'll read them live on air uh, or Instagram live. Dave and I are going to be hanging out IRL next week. So maybe woo woo. we'll, you want to send us in some questions while we're out at camp together. How uh, you can do your part in obeying the Great Commission by helping us spread the gospel according to uh, one way to do that is leaving a five star five-star rating review it's free guys it's free it doesn't cost you anything you can do it in an app right now helps us out a lot uh leave your review uh we'll read it uh out here uh take your friend's phone uh and just subscribe to the podcast on their phone 
Um, mm-hmm. Give us five stars on your friends or neighbors or parents' phones and so that they can maybe be tricked into listening to this amazing podcast. And this was The Gospel According to Barbie. Barbie. Dan and I, I think we know a bit about ballet. Ballet. No. Well, maybe. Specifically ballet. We are here to discuss the gospel according to Barbie. Be sure to stick around after this episode. Uh, The double feature of the gospel according to Oppenheimer will begin right after this episode. Yeah, double feature. Barbie is 64 years old. She's almost at retirement age. And I mean... You know, it's not all about looks, but she looks good for her age. I'm not going to lie. She looks great. I wasn't invited to as many birthday parties as uh, Kate uh, flexed <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> just throwing that in there. How many birthday parties you're invited to? Keep them separated. Humblingness. On vacation uh, last weekend, my wife and I uh, ate at a little diner next to a dog side. Uh, a dog psychic. Um, oh, like, yeah. And I'm like, that it should just be called like, throw your money away. Like that's what that, that store should be called. But fun fact. So once upon a time I, um, had my own business and I did marketing, but some of the stuff that I did was naming things. And I, um, a pet psychic named asked me to help name their oh, yeah? business once. Oh, and what I did, did you come up with? Yeah. It was, um, I think it was like Harmony Haven is like mm. what they, not a sponsor the one that they chose yeah not a sponsor um (laughs) but i got that was one of the first things i got paid to do was help a pet psychic oh (laughs) man your dog it's saying that it's hungry yeah you would like a treat (laughs) and i do speak for all of them you speak for all women a big big house with lots and lots of room yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) five star 